Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back in. You were listening to the June 22nd, 2018 episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions and brought to you by the folks over at FFPC, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart, at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is a writer over at 2QBs.com, Dynasty Command Center, and, of course, the PowerHourPod.com. Welcome to the show, the great TJ Calkins. You can find him on the tweets, at TJ Calkins. Great to have you mail uh, on the mailbag show. TJ, man, what's good? Oh, man, uh, beating the heat. Just uh, counting down the five weeks till football. Oh, my gosh, there are just five weeks left of fantasy football. This is just ridiculous, TJ. I'm going to have to double-time these best ball leagues. What about you? Yes, sir. I've uh, been rolling hard, about 120 deep right now. Probably double that before the season starts. So That's what you call dedication, and we're dedicated to answering all the fantasy football questions for the offseason, dynasty trades, player and team outlooks, offseason prep, you name it. TJ, before we dive right in, though, you recently dropped Volume 3, uh, version of the rookie draft guide over at the command center and contributed to the fantasy impact analysis. So tell RB Nation where to find it and then what were your two biggest takeaways of this update from a rookie draft perspective? Okay, uh, you can get volume three. Uh, I believe you can get the ins- the uh, first two volumes as well at dynastycommandcenter.com. Volume three is only two ninety nine, so it's not a pricey pricey thing if you want to check it out. Uh, the biggest takeaways from between volume two and volume three which was before and after landing spots were known uh the landing spots in this class were as bad as they could get (laughs) uh this took a class that was pretty exciting and just made it very meh you know that obviously wherever saquon landed he was going to be fine you get the exciting landing spot for penny but after that I mean, you have DJ Moore, who's pretty sure to be a contributor, but it remains to be seen if he's a star. And there are question marks on every single other prospect in this class, especially given where they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it almost seemed like it was already elite at the top. And and then while it was still elite, to your point, I mean, the opportunity level just kind of shrunk. So it took an already kind of top-heavy class and just really just shrunk it down to basically like one and a half rounds that you really can kind of hang your hat on there. So, but TJ, we're all about driving the content here. After all, this is a content-infused show, right? So over at the Power Hour Pod, you cats have a lot of cool stuff going on here. Really hit the scene hard last season. Tell us about what you have going on for best ball right now as we do close out these five weeks of the season. And and why people need to hit pause, go sign up for Power Hour Pod Sub now, but then, of course, return right back. Yes, sir. Uh, what we have is a best ball subscription. It's much cheaper than any of the DFS subscriptions that Power Hour is known for. Obviously, we have the GOATs, Johnny and Hodge and Elliot doing our football stuff, and 
I I guess you could maybe throw my name in there too because I do <laughs> contribute content. He's all right. He's but, pretty uh, good. He's he's pretty good. Yeah, right? it's okay. <laughs> yes, sir. But uh, for the best ball sub, it gives you access to me and to Johnny, uh, twenty four hours a day in Slack chat. It gets you both of our rankings, uh, two hundred sixty or so deep, and it gets articles and it gets pods with. We've already had Scott Barrett on. Uh, there are plans for Evan and Rich. Uh, we have a Q&A article already posted with Pat Thorman. Uh, there's a lot of big names and just super elite guys helping us out there. So uh, go on over to PowerHourPod.com and get signed up for the best ball sub. There it is. There it is. So we've got some great stuff coming back from the DCC and, of course, the uh, the Power Hour Pod, the PHP, the DCC and the PHP. Uh, yeah, you know me, um, but really check it out. Great folks over there, great content. Really, as we kind of wind down these last five weeks here, you're really going to want to check that out. But also, you're going to want to check out the 30% discount here on rotaviz.com. That's the NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotaviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content. And, oh, by the way, it supports this pod. You can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz channel on iTunes. Do that. You'll be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league hosted by our friends at the FFPC. Just go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to future episodes to hear if you are the winner. And also, if you're interested in being in an FFPC league with some of the Rotoviz writers and podcasters, simply email us, rotovizradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and fire that up for you as well. And if you're a fan of this show, this show right here, and you want to sub directly to the Fantasy Football Mailbag feed, please do so. It takes Hard work getting this show out every week. Do us a solid and hit that raid button. And, of course, last but not least, if you have QQs you want answered on this show, hit us up via email. Again, that's rotavisradio at gmail.com, and we'll go ahead and get those answered for you as we air. All right, my man, TJ, let's dive in and fire up this week's QQs for the week. Here we go, Dynasty. I know I'm not supposed to sell low, but I just bought high. Because Martavis was high, everyone is high. Pass it to the left. I just paid a second for him and I'm being offered a third. I have to wash my hands at this point, right? So what do you got on our good old pal Martavis Blunt? You're asking the wrong guy if you're trying to sell him. That will <laughs> never, ever happen for me until they tell me his career is just never going to happen. I'll continue to buy the bogus report of the last couple of days that he's facing another suspension. Just let that panic spread some more and... Buy another share for that third instead of selling the one you have for a third. So it's a gift that keeps on giving all year round, huh? Yes, I mean uh, we'll we'll get to another Martavis spot later in the later in the pot here, but <laughs> I believe I have eighty nine percent exposure in my dynasty leagues. Woo! So I might I may use this opportunity to make it a hundred. There you go. There you go. We're going all in, pushing our chips in. Next one. Here we go. Redraft. Are we underrating the productivity Calvin Ridley can bring to the table year one? After his combine, understandably, he fell down draft boards. Is basically just a polished guy and nothing spectacular. But if we're looking for this year's Cooper Cup just in terms of productivity, and we look at what um, Sanu, um, Mohamed Sanu, was able to do, isn't it fair to say that Ridley could actually be an arbitrage version of, say, Richard Matthews or even outproduce what we expected year one from Corey Davis. So this is interesting. I mean, I was never a Calvin Ridley fan myself here, but, I mean, opportunity is opportunity. It certainly seems like he's going to get it. And, you know, of course, he, you know, older, pro-ready, so to speak, right? So 
I can see the opportunity. He's cheap enough in best ball drafts that it doesn't cost you to invest in him. What, what do you got? Wait, is the question on Sanu or Ridley? Because uh, Rid- Ridley, yeah. I mean, uh, so he was. It looks like he was okay. just using Sanu as a as an example since he was productive last yes. season. Okay, uh, you can actually get my uh, my somewhat hot take on Ridley in the DCC draft guide. He is not like a secondary receiver that was aforementioned, like Cup or Richard Matthews. He plays very small and very weak, and is already a small human. Uh, he does have Chris Routes. There, there's, there's no denying that. But uh, he will be bullied at every level in the NFL. And there is already a Julio Jones present. There's already a Sanu present. There isn't exactly a whole lot to add on to there. I mean, he probably sees very similar to what Taylor Gabriel saw. I have zero shares in best ball and will we'll end the year with zero shares in best ball barring some crazy Julio injury or something. There you have it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind if you want to have a little bit just to dip your toes in it, but, I mean, I think, you know, and I don't know if this is on the show sheet early. I, I can't remember here, but, I mean, just wait a couple more rounds and get Austin Hooper. Um, you're three tight end. Somebody's going to have to to jump up here, and I think it's going to be Austin Hooper there. Uh, TJ, what are your best and worst purchases you've ever made? Oh, my best was just a slew sending a slew of third round picks for Devontae Freeman in the summer of 15. That's pretty So <laughs> I, I ended up super overexposed on Freeman and man, what a smash that was. So I, I don't know that I could ever top that no matter what happens. And what about your worst? Uh, uh, it would be the similar situation sending that for all of the smelter and then drafting Treadwell. Those are probably tied at the absolute worst ever. DeAndre Smelter. I don't know how much worse you can do. I, I bought it. Yeah, man. DeAndre Smelter. Man. Oh, I geez. really liked him. I just don't know what went wrong there. <laughs> what, what can you do? What can you do? I, I will say you are the first one this season so far that has taken this question and put it on fantasy football. So you you really are just living and breathing this stuff that we call fantasy football. So that's good. That's really good. Uh, best ball. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, thoughts on take- what else do we buy and sell? Are there things that we buy and sell that aren't f- player related? No, I mean I think that would be new to me. Okay, good. Yeah, no. <laughs> it, if it is real life, we're always going to create some sort of fantasy football analogy, anyhow, right? Like you, you, you know, you go into your day to day job every single day, and you just kind of put your fantasy football hat on, and it's like. You know, you're just learning life lessons with fantasy football. I mean, it's not the other way around. That's really how life works. Uh, every day is a trade, as they say. Um, TJ, thoughts on yes, taking sir. Zach Ertz or Evan Ingram in best ball drafts based on ADP? Uh, this question ha- finds himself not being enamored with the RBs in this range as they fly off the board so quick, and the wide receivers, they fe- he feels like he can mine them in the sixth through the ninth round. So, uh, knowing there's some pretty, you know, Good variance at the tight end position. Not sure if he should just be taking more stabs at running backs and wide receivers he doesn't really like, or is it okay to take a guy like Zach Ertz or Evan Ingram here? Oh, I'm totally fine with uh, Ertz and Ingram. I I would like to see Ertz be taken after ADP. You definitely want exposure to both guys. Uh, The Ingram volume is unknown. I don't want to say it's a concern. It's just unknown with OBJ present uh, and Saquon present. 
I definitely have a good bit of Ingram in shorthanded drafts on play draft. I have less Ertz, but a lot of Ertz too. Uh, I like I said, I am totally fine with Ingram at price. I would like to see Ertz go after ADP. Uh, the running backs in this range, I understand the concern. Uh, the only guy I say I want to take in the fifth, sixth round range, assuming Penny is gone and that sort, is uh, JJ. So I am totally fine with uh, the early running backs or just waiting a little bit longer to supplement the running back core. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there um, in terms of the tight ends. You, you want some exposure. You don't want to overdo it because these are guys that, like, you basically – you're calling your shot. To your point, I mean, you don't know. I mean, you're basically buying them at last year's cost. There isn't a lot of history in terms of them doing that. Is it repeatable? Uh, it probably is, you know, but, I mean, you, you got to pay a lot. There's a lot of opportunity cost up there to get them. So I'm with you there to get some exposure, but don't overdo it. Uh, best ball, I seem to be drafting a lot of Mike Wallace and Quincy Inunua because they're so damn cheap. Is there another wide receiver back there I should also spread exposure with? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I do, I do want you to still take some Wallace and still take some Anunwa. Those are quality, quality late receivers. But, uh, with Hunter Henry going down, I already loved Mike Williams' spot and now his volume is just going to increase even more. I mean, we're not talking about a guy stepping into a role. We're talking about a top 10 pick who was the best receiver in his class and he's about to explode. And with Keenan Allen present, I guess explode is a strong word. I don't want to commit myself to that. But he is highly likely to return wide receiver three value at a wide receiver six price. Another one is DJ Moore. He's likely to lead the Panthers wide receiving core in targets. I would give him the slight edge over Funchess. I don't think it's going to be a lot of separation between the two. But for the price difference, give me DJ more very easily. Uh, Dante Moncrief is going to make $12 million this year, and people are acting like Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook are going to play ahead of him. Stop it. $12 million. <laughs> he is making $12 million this year. If nothing else, he is getting six weeks to show what he can do. And if he, he craps the bed, then he craps the bed, and it'll end up being a 17th, 18th round miss pick. But, man, his price is just so incorrect right now. Yeah, I mean, great points there and great names all around. It's almost like he has to take on a quasi-A-Rob type of role. I mean, they're going to need somebody to kind of be the chain mover, so to speak, there. Um, yeah, I like, it's a great take on, on Carolina, too. I mean, yeah, there's like a, what, five-round difference between Devin Funches and DJ Moore. And I like Devin Funches, I do, so... Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest takeaway here is if you like Funches, I mean, just spend a lot less for DJ Moore, and, and we know he can get it done. Um, next one here, TJ, is Dynasty. Kenny Galladay, he's, things are heating up in camp for Kenny Galladay here, apparently, and a, uh, a second-rounder or Corey Davis. I mean, I don't mind Kenny Galladay at all, and I would actually say I'm a bit higher than median on him. And I would say I'm a bit lower than median on Corey Davis. But the answer here is still a resounding give me Corey Davis. I mean, he's going to get every opportunity to be a high-volume number one in Tennessee. So there, there's just not really a question here. Uh, there would be have to be a hell of a lot added 
to uh, Galladay to equal Corey Davis. With you there as well. Next one here is redraft. Can you provide any clarity in the Green Bay backfield? I've been smitten for Aaron Jones, and the Packs seem to really like Williams here. And regardless, Ty Montgomery could still linger and potentially still own third down work and some early down work. I have no clue at this point. In a few best balls, I have been content taking both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in the 8th, ninth, just to stake the backfield, so to speak, from a production standpoint on wide receiver strong teams. What are your thoughts? So, you know, this is interesting. I, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't mind taking the approach of just kind of getting Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams in a best ball environment. I get it, like you're capping the overall team upside, but... You know, if you've already got a couple running backs and you just want to make sure you get somebody else or it is a wide receiver strong team, I I don't mind it. But, I mean, I'm with the question is that I don't think any of us really have a clue what they're going to do with Ty Montgomery in relation to the other two yet. What do you got? With the first two, I have I have a pretty strong stance. And that is something would have to drastically change for Aaron Jones to pass up Jamal Williams. I do believe that Aaron Jones is more a product of the fantasy football hype machine. And he was a favorite, kind of a a lower-level Devi favorite coming out almost. Uh, and I don't know if I can even say Devi. But there were people who were very high on him and very, very eager to spend a late, late draft pick on him. Where Jamal Williams just really didn't have that. He was more vanilla, but... He also has had slash has the trust of the coaching staff, and I believe he's going to open the ears, the early down guy. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. I mean, Aaron Jones is the epitome of everything we want from a fantasy uh, web slash satellite backs, right? And and I think he showed it last year. He kind of gave us that confirmation bias. But I mean, you know, we we know the coaching staff in Green Bay. You know, they're not going to kick Jamal Williams to the side here. So, I mean, if he does, to your point, if you play that specific scenario out and Jamal is starting the season with the early down work, then it essentially means Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery are cannibalizing the third down work. And, and then you're, 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 then you're, you're clearly overdrafting Aaron Jones in a vacuum. Yep. Uh, I personally don't have any Aaron Jones. I have a, sprinkle of both Williams and Taimo, but I don't want to say it's the most likely outcome, but it is as likely as any that these backs all cannibalize each other and just simply don't produce a running back two of the bunch. As far as Taimo, he will certainly have third down work out of the backfield. Uh, the plus for him is when you look at the wide receiving core, you have Adams and Cobb in place. They are known commodities. After them, you're looking at a Jamon Moore and a Geronimo Allison and, God forbid, an Equinemius St. Brown. There is certainly some wide receiver work to be had. I could see Taimo ending up in a hybrid role and returning value, although not necessarily as a full-time running back. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good, fair take. I mean, they're just going to, you know, he's going to, He's going to go on the field wherever they need him to go on the field. He did plenty of that last year. I think they, that certainly, just from a coach's perspective, brings a lot of value when you have that versatility. You can kind of line up wherever they ask you to line up. So I think that's going to kind of keep him in some sort of role. Um, you know, it just might not be very consistent. Um, the next one here is the Fuck, Mary Kill 2018. Do I really know what I am working with? Running back edition here. Uh, so here we go. We've got Sony Michelle, 
Tariq Cohen, and Rashad Penny. Well, this one was very, very easy for me as far as my views of the line with these three guys. Um, I'm going to fuck Sony and get him where I can, but I'm not going to go out of my way for him. There is very, very, very much unknown on him. Uh, the last time we saw Ridley and Vereen come out of the same class to them, it was kind of disappointing. Uh, neither one really gave high-end production, which could be consistently relied on. So that said, uh, it's a different player, different situation. Uh, Sony's going to have a role. I'm just not sure what to do there. Uh, I'm going to marry Penny and stay with him forever and ever and ever. <laughs> uh, Seattle moved to spent first round draft capital on this guy. He compares far better as a runner to Kareem Hunt a year ago. He compares as a pass catcher and equally putrid as a pass protector. Now, what remains to be seen here in year one is if they take the Andy Reid route and say, you know what, we know you can't block anybody, so just go ahead and run a route every time we throw the ball. And that would be just, would make Penny an absolute smash hit. They say, well, we'll take you off the field and we'll use one of these other scrubs we got. He'll still be fine. He'll be an RB2, but he won't be the Kareem Hunt from a year ago plus. Oh, and then I'm killing Tariq Cohen because I don't want my football players to weigh 140 wet and wearing boots. <laughs> nicely done, nicely done. We're going to stay in Seattle here. Next question is, should my pants be at my knees or my ankles at this point? Thinking about what a uh, healthy Tyler Lockett can do, hearing he wasn't fully healthy last season, should I worry about Brandon Marshall? So this is, you know, this is the interesting one where the, the play is clearly Tyler Lockett, right? But, like, is the coaching staff going to do something predictably stupid and, and give the nod to Brandon Marshall and just kind of bring Tyler Lockett in for the three wide receiver work, which Seattle will also predictably do some portion of the game because they're going to overrun and run and run. Back to your penny point, what do you got? Uh, can I take an option C? Uh <laughs> I am an Amara Darbo fan. I, I am a Michigan fan, so I kind of know knew a lot more about him coming in uh, from college. I do believe Amara Darbo has as good of, if not better, chance than Marshall and Lockett to be the second wide receiver trotted out. Now, I don't know that no matter who that second guy is, is going to have a meaningful snap differential between the third and fourth guy. I think they're all going to play. The thing that's locked in is Doug Baldwin is going to dominate targets and have the highest uh, highest volume year of his career, and he's set up for a smash. And it also remains to be determined what the Vanette and Ed Dixon combo can muster up. Uh, Vanette's actually a cheap guy worth mentioning. Take a look at him. But uh, I'm not excited about Tyler Lockett to answer the question. I think his biggest value to the team is on special teams. He's a nice complimentary piece, but he will never be a high-volume, high-output wide receiver by my view. Rotoviz fam, Jeremy Hart, Rotoviz Radio. Let me tell you about our friends over at the Fantasy Football Players Championship. 
the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up, and the FFPC has a format to suit interest and budget. Whether you like best ball or superflex or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting at just $35. Jump into a slower live draft today. If you like Dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at just $77 and going up to $2,500. Here is something incredible. Not a single Dynasty League has folded in eight years. New Dynasty Leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis. Do not miss the FFPC experience, folks. Go to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, moving back in here. Here we go. TJ, redraft. Are there a couple late-round scatbacks not on most radars that can bring more value than mid-round guys like Chris Thompson and Duke Johnson brought last year? Yeah, there is. Uh, I think there's a lot of substance to the Devontae Booker reports, the glowing reports lately. I was heavily into Royce Freeman, and I have not only backpedaled on Freeman, I've started taking more. Uh, he's often available into like the 14th round. So he's definitely a guy I'm targeting. If you're talking about an RB5 type, 14th, 15th, 16th, sometimes even later, Kenneth Dixon is my favorite buy. I know there was a report yesterday from a beat that projected him not to make the Ravens roster, which just seems that's a head scratcher to me. I just don't know what to make of that. He could certainly end up in a better place if he's cut. So that's making me pause. Uh, I just want to evaluate the situation more. But it was only about a month ago that Harbaugh had glowing praise of him. So I'm feeling pretty safe about Dixon, where he's going. And the other guy that's going very late here, and I mean, he can be your 18th round pick. And so many for not truthers don't want to hear it. But TJ Yeldon's role is not going anywhere. You are going to have a safe receiving role with Yeldon. Yeah, I like that take. And, I mean, we've got the ankle issues with Forney as well. I mean, he's going to stick around. He's going to be productive. Maybe not. I don't know if I'm fully bought in like you on a consistent week-to-week basis, but I I think I'm there. I mean, we saw what he could do in the playoffs. I mean, he's just kind of had a bad beat up until that point. So definitely like that call there on Yeldon. Um, obviously it's trendy, but not trendy enough because the best ball ADP doesn't seem high enough anywhere. And Naheem Hines add him to the list. And I mean, if you're willing to spread your exposure, you know, the Corey Clement types, um, can certainly bring back some value there as well. All right, TJ, if you could be in, I have one more back. Let me throw you one more back. Bring it, bring it. Uh, I love Jarek McKinnon. He is very in play as an RB one, but there's no way in hell Shani only uses one back. And especially not only one back that's in the 205, 210 pound range, like McKinnon. So it's very probable, not possible, but probable that it's Breda that sees a lot of early down work, not so much third down work, because I'd imagine that's going to be McKinnon. I think Breda pace work to the tune of 10 to 12 carries and one and a half targets a game. 
So at the price, uh, I'm totally fine with Matt Breda as well. Yeah, you and Lipinski last week also liked Breda. I'm just in denial because, I mean, I'm still waiting on Jeremy <laughs> McNichols here, you know. I mean, it's going to happen. Jarek McKinnon early now. Don't forget Joe Williams is there too, man. I, I take Joe W over McNichols, I think. Oh, uh, I know. I'm just, you know, I'm just reliving this Jeremy McNichols thing for the rest of my <laughs> life. Just fucking, oh, gross. What, oh, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, if you could be an animal, what would you be and why? I guess I'd just be a tiger because Charlie Sheen said just a little bit of their blood does amazing things. So I'll be a tiger. <laughs> I I, did, I never heard that. I don't understand the reference. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. Oh, he to... had the tiger blood thing when he was on his view rampage of craziness. So yeah, <laughs> very Check good. That out when you get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll step in. I, I want to be an eagle. You know, like I, I think I asked this to my kids a couple weeks ago, and they said like a lion. I don't. Know, I think one of them said a frog or something, something like that. But I mean, just give me the give me the bald eagle, just the king of the skies, go anywhere you want. And if you don't like someone, just take a crap on their shoulder. Um, moving on from there. <laughs> Dynasty. Corey Coleman or a 2019 second. Um, Corey Coleman has one game in his career, and that was when he was being nearly exclusively covered by Sharice Wright. Um, I'm taking the second, and not hesitating for a second on that. Antonio Callaway has been drafted as replacement, and he's a better player. Oh, I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence on this one, too. Also in denial, Uh-oh. I just can't quit him. I can't do it, TJ. I just, I don't know. I mean, he he had the profile, right? I just, I, to your point, though, I mean, they're clearly smitten on Callaway. We just got to get Corey Coleman out of Cleveland. I think if we can do that, but, you know, you're buying options to say, hey, they'll be better off somewhere else. That's probably not a good investment to make if we're thinking with our head on straight. Um, next one here, Dynasty, Derek Henry in a second or Devonta Freeman? I think you're going to go with Freeman here. I don't know. You might have kind of, you know, just let the cat out of the bag with uh, your favorite buy ever, I think. Not necessarily. I mean, for the price and for what was returned, especially in 2015, he was a league winner in every format, no matter where you had him. So I, he's been a solid return since then. And he'll continue to be a solid return. But uh, this question is going to be fully team dependent. If you're an RB2 away from having the best team for the current year, then you go ahead and take Freeman. There's just a lot of unknown on Henry and how the touches are going to be divvied up in Tennessee. If you at all are rebuilding or kind of straddling the fence, I'm going to take the multiple assets here in the younger player and Henry in the second. That's a good take. So so sometimes these things aren't like a definitive. There's actually some gray area in there. No, uh, that's almost always, man. Almost always. Not according yeah, to Twitter. These questions are always allowed. asked in a vacuum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, uh, TJ, what would be the name of your debut album? Uh, the Lemon Stand. <laughs> uh, you got to give me more. What What's The Lemon Stand? Uh, that's the the chat for the Elite Lemonade League. It's everyone in it. It's our favorite league, and all twelve of us are super active in the chat. Yeah, I'm the commissioner of the league. Uh, there, I'm gonna forget one or two of them when I try to rattle them off real quick. And I'm sorry, don't kill me. I'm the commissioner. Scott Barrett, Matt Thompson, 
John Proctor, Curtis Patrick, Mike Beers, Mike Garden Threat, Ben Gretsch, uh, Foxtrot on Twitter. He doesn't like his name being out there. Uh, <laughs> Jersey John Ryan, Aaron it's, Butler. It, it's an elite group, though, right? I mean, that's why it's the elite lemonade stand. So Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It, it is. The league isn't as famous as it, famous as it should be, but it's getting close. Oh, I'm sorry. Mark Hava is my last guy. Um, Megatron yep. FF on Twitter. My man, my man, absolutely. Yep. So, okay, I'm going off script here. So one one person in the league to be the lead singer. Who's the lead singer? Whew. We got to have a female lead, so we'll go with Jen Ryan. There it is. You got, you got a drummer? You're the drummer. I can be the drummer. Who's who's on who's on bass? Who's a slapping on ba- We'll go Curtis Patrick on bass. <laughs> and we need a lead guitarist. Who's who's the, is that Scott? Scott's got to be the lead guitarist, right? Uh, I don't I don't know that Scott would have any musical talent. I'll go with Johnny. <laughs> oh, this is great. This is great. The elite uh, the elite stand. Here we go. We just formed the band. Uh, your your album is going to release in five weeks during NFL Week One. Uh, here we go for a quick lightning round. Yes, TJ. Here we go. Better season: Gio Bernard or Duke Johnson? Uh, give me Duke, but I'm not excited about either one. It's just too crowded in Cleveland, and Mixon is a bell cow. Chris Johnson or the aforementioned Royce Freeman? Did I say Chris Johnson? Uh, I'll take Chris, Chris Thompson. Thompson. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but. We'll go CT. Yeah, Chris Thompson uh, is going to have a meaningful role, and he's very good at football. CT2K. Uh, Robert Woods or Calvin Benjamin? Yep. Uh, give me Robert Woods. His role won't change much. Josh Gordon or Marvin Jones? This isn't even close. Don't put Josh Gordon and Marvin Jones in the same tier. We're talking about an absolute top elite tier ability level guy versus a Marvin Jones. This is so easily Josh Gordon. And Troy Burton or O.J. Howard? Uh, We're going Trey Burton here as Nagy's tight end. And O.J. Howard is far from a lock and maybe not even the favorite to lead his own team in tight end targets. Cameron is still great, I guess, right? Yeah, man. I mean, they didn't re-sign him to not use him. Fair enough. Take a favorite or popular movie, TJ, and change one letter in the title. What is the new plot and what's the movie about? Uh, we're going to change Thor to Thought, and it's about female superheroes that use loose morals and nude pictures to temporarily distract evil villains until the real heroes arrive. That is just so wrong on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, you know what? We're just we're just gonna leave it there. We're just gonna leave it there. And it is this is this is why we do the show. This is why we do the show. All right, Dynasty. How has the performance of the last three years changed, if at all, your approach to Dynasty startups? Uh, long story short, the Running back position is relevant again. There's been an influx of talent after a large spell of none. So I guess in the past three years, I'm changing that I'm willing to invest in the running back position when before it was just pretty straightforward, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Yeah, I'm with you there as well, right? Because 
you know, we we clearly got a little slanted with the influx of wide receivers in 2014, but not only that, I mean, quite literally, not quite literally, literally, there was a pretty massive overhauling and rule change, which really, you know, impacted how they play the game, how they don't, you know, uh, go for 50-50 balls as much as they used to. They're they're not trying to stop the clock as much, so there just isn't as high a demand for the what we knew to be the prototypical 6'4", 220, 6'3", 220 type of guys, right? Now you just want to be able to get your guy into space, get him into space quick, and move the chains that way. So, you know, a lot of the scat backs come into play there. That's where a lot of these all-purpose backs are coming into play because they're, you know, to your, your point and just they're they're dealing with softer packages nickel packages so it's just the game has changed now and a lot of these running backs are coming to fruition a little bit earlier if you know i still want to hang on to those wide receivers right tj like the ones that you know are still going to be massively productive for the next five years like you still want to keep them close to the belt um but yeah it's just in terms of where they're getting the value from it's like just pushing these running backs up the draft boards for the last two years now. Yep. And I mean, for good reason. You know, it's not like it's just a, a shift in market because someone got bored. There, There's a totally different landscape as far as running back production is going to go. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, we, we could swing back, right? I mean, everything is cyclical. We could be t- having this conversation four years from now in 2022. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 2022. Oh, I think it'll take at least four years given what we got in the league right now. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, definitely, definitely cyclical is a fair point. But yeah. uh, if we go back to 2015, man, what an outlier season as far as running back production goes. Devontae Freeman was the runaway RB1, and he was the only running back in the top 12 scorers. I mean, you can search high and low. You won't find <laughs> a season like that or even that resembles it, and you never will again. All right, here we go. Wrapping up here, your most successful hot take and, of course, your biggest whiff. We'll, we'll leave DeAndre Smelter out of this one. I've got that one, too. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's I don't know if it's even successful because it's still an argument, and I don't know why. But uh, I tried to warn everybody about the inevitable Mike Evans face plant when he doesn't have 500 more air yards than the second-highest guy and that his inefficiency will never leave him, and that he's probably best suited and priced as a dynasty wide receiver too. So I don't know if I can fully claim victory on that, but uh, I think last year last year really uh, tipped the pendulum in the right direction. Yeah, see, and this is where I struggle because I clearly like Michael Evans, and I bought in as a dynasty asset, right? But this is also kind of to piggyback on what we were just talking about. It's kind of like he is the prototypical big 1A wide receiver where you, you're getting your air yards through jump balls, 50-50s, and, and just, you know, a more inefficient approach to the game as it's played now. So I, I would have to err with you on the side. I think he is still being a little bit overvalued here, despite what I thought about him a couple of years back. Um, but, I, you know, I, I also think that's just clearly based on how the game is played. I mean, that's that's also kind of hot takey there. I guess we're going to see the league play out for a couple more years and see how it works. Uh, what about a whiff? A whiff last, last year, man. I, I, I thought Kamara was going to wash out of the league. I did not think <laughs> Alvin Kamara had an NFL skill set. Oh, man, what a miss that was. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, what we think about these guys coming into the team, sometimes it just doesn't matter, right? Like, that's why we have a process. We stick to it, and sometimes the guys rise and, and, and fall below that, that baseline, and then there's really nothing you can do about it. You know, you bang the table for a couple of them that, that you really feel strongly about, and at the same time, others are going to make you make you go, man, what, what the heck did I miss there? And it's just... You know, that's why the best rankers in this industry rank at about a, what, a 56% accuracy rate? Like, it just, that's what our business is. But that's why we do it, because we love doing it. Give us one last hot take for the 2018-2019 season. Uh, Martavis Bryant leads the Oakland Raiders in receiving. Sizzling. Is that a hot take? That, oh. Is that hot? Okay. I didn't know it was a little bit hot. It's just a little bit hot. Just a little bit. There's like a flame emoji above my head right now. I like them. I I do. I mean, I think, look, like, how exposed are you going to be to Martavis Bryant in a weekly DFS scenario early in the season, right? Like, pending that this is a, a, a fluke story. There's no year-long suspension. I mean, you got to be hitting that hard early DFS, right? What's his DK price? I need to know his price. I don't know it yet, but I, I mean, can, are we well, talking? Are we talking thirty-four hundred? Are we talking forty-nine hundred? I mean, where is he going to be priced? I feel like four point five is is where he's going to come out of the gates. Uh, so do you do you think Cooper then is over six K and Jordy's over five K? Yeah, Cooper. Cooper's going to be in that's like right around seven k, I think, six point five to seven k. Jordy's going to be in like that trusty five point five range. Like you know what I mean? Like you're just going to look at him and go, yeah, I get you. He's probably the cash game guy, but again, we don't know the target distribution. But I would, you know, I think Bryant could be one of those guys that like it just takes one pass, right? But well, we've been saying that for sure a year won't. for Cooper. So <laughs> it's not that he could be. But that's what he does, man. Yep. He got one fifty-yard target last year, and it was in the playoff game against Jacksonville. And look what he did with it. Ben can't push the ball down the field anymore. It's actually a sad thing for James Washington, who's going to be wasted for a little bit. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, Road of His Podcast, dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. If you have any questions you want answered on the RV Mailbag, hit us up via email, roadofhisradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at roadofhisradio. Use the hashtag RV Mailbag. Uh, TJ, many thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show. Everyone out there, if you heard a couple bumps and bruises along the way, it is like high time for my kids that they must they just have like Freezy Pops or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> Any last-minute plugs? You are following me on Twitter at TJ Calkins. Check out the Best Ball subscription over at PowerHourPod.com. Go ahead and get signed up for a monthly subscription at DynastyCommandCenter.com. Uh, you can find a link for 10% off on my Twitter account. Uh, make sure you're getting your rankings and article at Football.com. And all things Superflex go to 2QBs.com. 2QB, DCC, PHP. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. We out ya. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Road of His Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag or Road of His Radio feed. 
contact us via email, rotavizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at rotavizradio and at fantasygumshoe. Tell your friends about us, and do not forget to sign up for a 30% discount through our podcast homepage on rotaviz.com. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.